cup of coffee in the big time, yeah. Co- Vietnamese iced coffee in the big time, yeah. Nick, Nick's into the Vietnamese coffee, yeah. I drank some Vietnamese coffee and we discussed it before recording. He is nearing levels of caffeine toxicity. I could use some more toxicity, to be honest. <laughs> you know what this podcast needs? Toxicity. White man toxicity. There's enough of that, I think, in the world. <laughs> Good call. We'll, we'll keep that to a minimum, uh, meaning z- zero. How about that? That's right. Uh, we're all about po- positivity. Unless unless we come across a BSE trailer, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's right. We're we're very positive unless unless Haim Saban is involved. <laughs> unless we're offended by like talking animals. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, folks, welcome back to the Trelour Blazures podcast. We're uh, back after a week hiatus uh, because there was uh, it wasn't much, it was, it was, and then we had a lot going on too. Right last week, it was a very busy week. Um, and yeah. we only had two trailers on. Granted, one of them is Dune 2, which was almost <laughs> worth doing an entire podcast about alone. Yeah. But uh, we, we just didn't have time. We did record uh, the Patreon spoiler cast for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So if you if you want to hear me, Ben, and Missy talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for an hour, you can subscribe to the Patreon and listen to that. And it's worth... I haven't heard it, but I bet it's worth listening to. Yeah, I still have to edit it. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, no one has listened to it yet, but it will be up. By the time you hear this, it'll be either being edited or up. Depends on when Ben edits. Misa think we saw being edited. It'll be out before Monday. Okay. Uh, so, we're both going to be doing some... Ed- we'll be in the editing bays tomorrow, baby. That's right. Uh, well, cool. Um, so, you know, we had both watched some things. So let's talk about what we done had watched this past week. What we done had watched this past week. Well, we both saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. To hear our thoughts on that, subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash trailerblazers. Link in uh, Instagram bio and also probably in the show notes a bunch of times. We won't even tell you if we liked it or not. How about that? Yeah, we won't. Uh, spoiler alert if you know me you know but (laughs) i've been posting nonstop in my personal instagram story um i watched the first episode of muppets mayhem on disney plus yeah i hear it's great yeah i love it uh i I had two small issues with the first episode oh so in the first episode uh right towards the beginning they totally lift a joke from the Paul Rudd movie Role Models about the Kiss song, uh, I Want to Rock and Roll All Night and Party Every Day, wherein Paul Rudd is saying part of every day, and then there's like a discussion in that movie that's almost word for word the same. So lifted that joke, thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. And then they kept acting like Joe Cocker wrote Have a Little Faith in Me. He covered it. It's John Hyatt's song. John Hyatt is better, so... I was mildly offended that they went with the Joe Cocker version. I've never seen that Paul Rudd movie, nor have I even heard of this person, the other person you speak of. I love John Hyatt. I've seen John Hyatt live more than anyone else, so oh. I'm I'm specifically attuned to that one. And then yeah. uh, I always quote that Paul Rudd joke every time I hear that song, so they just stood out to me. I also watched Venom uh, last night because it's on Disney Plus now, so it was oh. extremely easy. Oh, Okay, and yeah. 
I wanted to watch something that I've seen a bunch of times. So, because I was I was really tired last night. Mm. Uh, I hit twenty two thousand steps on my Fitbit yesterday. That's like how busy I was yesterday. Wow. And I was like, I just want to chill. And Venom has become kind of like a comfort movie for me. <laughs> so, because I just I just like. I just like trash human Eddie Brock in that. <laughs> like, I just love him. So I watched Venom on Disney+. Plus. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so I watched a bunch of racing. Who cares? Um, I watched Win the Weekend, which is still great. Oh, that, that YouTube series, uh, again, about racing. Uh, I watched uh, USFL. So like watched it on TV. Went to a game today. So I've been watching f- football, springtime football. Um, I watched the 1989 Indy 500 broadcast, which, uh, God, I've watched a lot of racing these last two weeks. Now that I'm looking at this, uh, obviously Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I got one, I've been trying to savor it. So I have one more episode left. I'm probably just going to watch it all over again before the new season comes out. Season two comes out soon. Yeah. I'll probably rewatch the whole thing. Um, and then we started, Aaron and I started watching the show, a jury duty. Have you ever heard of the show? Yes, because on Hey Riddle Riddle, not two weeks ago, they spent almost a whole Patreon episode talking about this show. It's absolutely worth watching. That's what they said on Hey Riddle Riddle. They were talking about how hilarious it was. It's really great. It's got James Marsden playing himself, uh, and apparently he's really proud of it. He's like, I'm, this is one of the best things I've ever done. <laughs> uh, so it's a, it, basically, in a nutshell, it's a reality show about a guy... They follow this guy that goes through jury duty, but um, what he doesn't know is that every single person's an actor, yep. except for him, uh, and uh, they're all in on it. And so they, <laughs> anyway, uh, antics ensue. It's, yeah, it's great. On Hey Riddle Riddle, they said it was good because it's like a prank show energy, but the joke isn't on the person. It's it's more like they're watching something that they think is real. So it's not they're not the butt of the joke, you know? Right. Which makes it nicer than like your standard prank show where the joke is on the person right it's yeah. almost it's almost like um like a reality show mixed with like the office or parks and rec or something like that yeah so uh i do i've only seen like two episodes but i do recommend it oh yeah if ben and, and hey riddle riddle both recommend it then you know it's good yeah uh all right so that is all i had done watch that's all we done had watched and that brings us to the new news This is the Dumb Dudes News Network. We have a few items here worth discussing. We do. Carl Urban apparently is in final talks to play Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 2, which I'm glad they're making a sequel. Me too. So I really enjoyed the the Mortal Kombat movie from, was it last year or two years ago? Oh, I think it's like two or three years ago now. <laughs> yeah, time is dead. Time is but I really enjoyed no, it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Carl, I, I love Carl Urban always. He's like always great, great. no matter what. He's great. So I'm already on board for that. Absolutely. Um, and I, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do here. Uh, I want more Scorpion. What's uh, who played Scorpion? I can't remember. It's uh, Sonata. Yeah. Hiroyuki yeah. Sonata. Yeah. Ah, oh, so good. So that'll be fun. Uh, so they're making a sequel to Lord of War, which is my second favorite Nicolas Cage movie. That's great. Uh, this is going to star Nicolas Cage, obviously, and uh, the Skarsgård who was. Uh, in it, <laughs> the scary one. Bill, his, Bill, Bill Skarsgård, as his son, 
uh, from the first movie, but like an adult version who's going to also be an arms dealer. And so I will watch that. Lord of War is my second favorite Nicolas Cage movie. My first favorite is Adaptation. Both of them are movies with narration because Nicolas Cage movies with narration are the best Nicolas Cage movies. Oh, I didn't. I never noticed this. Yeah, it's a, uh, like The Weatherman is my third favorite Nicolas Cage movie, also narrated by him. He's an excellent narrator. Also, uh, my my favorite thing about that in adaptation, uh, he's narrating the whole movie, but then in one of the uh, seminars he goes to on, on, on writing, one of the people talking says that only hacks use narration and there's no more narration for the rest of the movie. It's such a good movie. If you haven't seen Adaptation, watch Adaptation. Uh, the writer's strike, as everyone knows, is still ongoing. Uh, we we say more power to you. The, the fact that they're not getting royalties from streaming is, is absolutely absurd. Um, yeah, they, every single one of their demands should be met. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be one where they have to compromise because I read through all the stuff they want one of my one of my favorite things is they're like we don't we don't want ai involved in writing which i don't either because it's really just probably plagiarism that they're not detecting but also uh some ceo somewhere said that they could just get ai to do this and then someone was like actually physically it would be easier for ai to do the job of a ceo than a writer so and cheaper and more efficient so we could replace you with ai very quickly yeah, cause the average I think the average pay for writers is like a hundred thousand dollars, and then CEO pays like in the millions. So, yeah. absolutely, it would be a lot cheaper. And so, once you take them that one, jar jar. Yeah, that's what they should do. They should because those they they don't do anything. Uh, they just like cause problems, really. Yeah, they <laughs> make dumb decisions. Up, yeah, yeah, they make dumb decisions and they rush things and yeah. Uh, I got, listen, uh, the the pay for human, regular humans has gone up uh, a very little amount over since like 1970. And yep. and uh, CEO pay has gone up like over 400% or something ridiculously stupid. Yep. So you'll get no sympathy from me. No, give the writers what they want. So yep. it, this is going to start, you're going to start seeing effects from this later. Not right away, but like uh, probably fall onward. We're going to see delays and because uh, like they're filming Daredevil Born Again, but the Teamsters won't cross the picket line. So they had to stop production on that. Mm. Uh, Tony Gilroy, the showrunner on season two of Andor, won't go to work. So even though that's all written, they're not filming because the showrunner yeah. won't cross the picket line. So hopefully people will keep doing this. And, and Taylor Sheridan, who's the creator of Yellowstone and all of those shows, uh, he is single-handedly the producer of the money that uh, Paramount Plus makes to survive. So, And he writes all of his stuff by himself. He hasn't said anything yet, but if he sides with the writers, I think the strike could end. And I think this is a common sentiment that Taylor Sheridan could literally end this in one day hmm. by, by stopping writing. Because uh, NBC Universal would bow to him that's a that's an interesting uh that's an interesting thought there because taylor sheridan like he rents out the land that they film that's that yellowstone so it's like this dude has a lot of power he does and and he's and he's probably very rich so it's like he doesn't necessarily have to strike or care about it maybe 
but maybe maybe he will maybe he'll it depends if he's a good person <laughs> yeah i think that's honestly what it comes down to yeah um so yeah we're not affected yet unless you're watching late night shows you probably haven't even noticed this but uh, so in the 2008 writer's strike because i used to watch conan every single night mm-hmm. like for probably 15 years of my life in order so in order to keep paying his staff so they wouldn't like go into reruns conan was doing shows without scripts and just just so he could keep paying his staff which is noble but somehow the the improv conan episodes were funny were funnier than the normal ones and it was like this is gonna this is maybe a little bit of a backfire because this is way because <laughs> like the random stuff he was doing was so funny but like there was he would do a segment where you could see how long he could spin his wedding ring on the desk <laughs> it's just stupid <laughs> stuff like that but it was so funny he sell he can certainly sell it. He's a comedic genius. Well, he's hilarious. So, yeah. but yeah, that was like even more fun than the normal show. But wow, it wasn't supposed to be, but it was. Yeah. And then the final thing. So I, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but I keep seeing articles about it, so I want to talk about it again. So they're making a sequel to I'm Legend, the Will Smith movie, and you're saying, but Nick, he dies at the end of that movie. Yes, he does. But there's an alternate ending on the DVD where he doesn't. And apparently they've decided to use the alternate ending from the DVD as the canon ending to the first movie. And they're making the sequel as if the alternate ending on the DVD is the one that happens. So they're going to get Will Smith back? That's right. Uh, okay. Um, is anybody asking for this? Or are they just going through the archives and saying, what do we have the rights to? That's what they're doing. Guaranteed. Okay, well... So that's that's coming. Probably not gonna see that in the theater, Nick. No, me neither. Uh, I think it was a good standalone movie. There's only right now. There's only two two post-apocalyptic things I want, uh, and that's Fallout, the show. Right. Twisted Metal. Silo. No, I want to watch Silo. That's okay. So three things. Yeah. So so Twisted Metal and Silo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Well, that's all the new news, all the dumb dudes news, and that brings us to the question tomes. The questions tomes. This is a special Jess-created question times inspired by us watching the Muppets Mayhem. And it is a really, uh, really an excellent question. I, I before the show, I commended Jess in the next room to Nick because I just thought it was a great question. Yep, she's on the other side of the wall. Jess on the other side of the wall. Mm-hmm. That's because my couch is on the opposite side of the wall of my desk. Little peek inside baseball. The negatives. She's in the negative zone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so the question was, if you could make or remake any movie but with Muppets, what would it be? Bonus points for casting Muppets in your answer. So I want to make Jurassic Park, but all the humans are the humans, but all of the dinosaurs are Muppets. And they're just the small, like, they're the size that, that they normally are. Uh, so, like, Animal would be a Velociraptor. And, like, I think Gonzo would be the, the Dilophosaurus going after Newman. Um, but I also want the Muppets to just have their own personalities. And they're not even, like, they're not being mean or violent. But the people are acting exactly like they do in the Jurassic Park movie. And Kermit is the T-Rex. And he's just like small, regular Kermit. And he's confused why everyone is like terrified and running away. 
And I, every single human action in the movie, I want to be exactly the same. Except for nobody dies, but the people who get killed in the movie act like they're being killed. But the Muppets are just standing there like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I want. Who who could Bobo the bear be? Um, He can be the, the sick... Uh, <laughs> The sick Triceratops. Okay. <laughs> and he like ate a giant cake or something and he's just like rubbing his stomach and he's laying out in the field. That's fantastic. I just, yeah, that's what I want to see. So I think it'd be funny to do Running Man. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously all the Muppets are going to be the, the bosses that yep. uh, that I'm trying to think of like who, I guess it would be Kermit would be Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. I would keep Arnold as Arnold. Oh, oh yeah, okay. But then I'd replace everyone else with Muppets. So like the girl that uh, Arnold gets thrown in there with, that would be Miss Piggy. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I think Peppy the Prawn would be the game show host, you know, the host dude. That would be great. And then like if I was doing it, who would be the opera? Rizzo the Rat. Well, he would be in there somewhere because he's like the funniest Muppet. Him yeah. and Gonzo. Yeah. I don't know who to cast for the Muppets. Oh, Bo- Bobo the Bear. Bobo the Bear could be the opera guy. Yeah, he could be. Or maybe the um, the Eagle. What's the Eagle's Sam name? Sam the Eagle. Sam the Eagle. Yeah, he would be great. No, he would be uh, he would be Jesse Ventura's character. Oh, that oh absolutely yeah, yeah that's right yeah. yeah. Man, I want to watch Running Man. I love Running Man's <laughs> one of my favorite movies. It's so good. I love it, dude. <laughs> Uh, so if you if you have good ideas of like which Muppets could play the the different characters in Running Man, let us know. But also write into us and let us know what movie you'd like to see remade with Muppets. Yep, because uh, it's such a good question, and uh, we'll tell you later in the show how to get in touch with us and do that. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. So that brings us to the new 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 trailers, folks. We have an Adele eight. Adele eight. Yeah. If you count the patron selects, it's an Adele Dazine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we have uh, several patron patron selects. So that's kind of fun. This is uh, an Octa Octo Adele. Yep, Octo Adele. So we're gonna start out strong here. Actually, something I'm very excited about, and that is the Gran Turismo movie. Yes. So the plot of Gran Turismo is the ultimate wish fulfillment, the ultimate wish fulfillment tale of a teenage Gran Turismo player whose gaming skills won a series of Nissan competitions to become an actual professional race car driver based on a true story. So this uh, stars Orlando Bloom, David Harbour, uh, Jaman Hansu, and Archie Madeque, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, Medique as the main character. And uh, this is probably the best possible way to make a Gran Turismo movie. It's like better than just making a straight up racing game because that would just get lost in the shuffle, you know. And this this plot, like this, kind of sets it apart. It really is actually a really good idea. I think I, it may be the only way this movie could have been made. Yeah. Because um, if it, I mean, if, if you're just like following a guy up through the ranks, like just some regular guy who has a lot of money and can get, because it costs a lot to become a race car driver. Yeah. Um, you have to start in like karting and all that kind of stuff when you're a kid. Uh, so I think it's great. Uh, it looks great. Neil Blomkamp is directing it, so it's going to be, it's going to look really good, I think. Weird, and, weird choice. For it, it is kind of a weird choice. I, I agree. How is this going to be about apartheid? <laughs> 
Yeah, the, is this main character from South uh, South Africa? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the connection there. Maybe. Um, so this is really fun because this is sports car racing, which I like. Um, yeah. And also, you have some of the prototype cars. So, like the real the real futuristic looking cars in this are, are called prototypes. Really cool cars, really fast cars too. Like some of those prototype cars are just about as fast as like Formula One cars. So really, really cool. I'm sure the action will be fun. Uh, I just hope it's. I hope the writing is good. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think hopefully the writers get paid more. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully the writers got paid, uh, yeah. and we'll get can continue to get paid. So that looks fun. Uh, and then we have the the real the real deal, the thing that everyone wants, and that is Dune Two. Yeah, so obviously the plot of Dune is a boy becomes the messiah of nomads on a desert planet that has giant worms that protect a commodity called spice. Well, they actually produce the commodity called spice. Uh, Spice changes people into travelers, mystics, and madmen. What price will he be? Ca- what price will he pay to become the new ruler of their universe? So Dune is basically about how uh, you should not <laughs> trust any people or institutions. Uh, and I can't wait for this part two because Denis Villeneuve is the best sci-fi director in the world. Yep. Uh, we have our first look at Fade Rautha who did not appear in Dune Part 1. Right. He's in the earlier parts of the books, but it does make sense for them to have held off on him until this. Yep. Uh, he does. It, he is played by Austin Butler, but he does look like Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt Smith has that alien-looking face. Yep. If I, I did not... like if I, if, you had, if I had watched this and I didn't know it was Austin Butler, I would have thought... Oh, Matt Smith is in this, but it's not him. <laughs> there's a there's a part in the Crown where Matt Smith has a beard, and when they when he first appears on screen, Aaron and I like started laughing and looking at each other. <laughs> we just go like, "Why does he look so weird?" <laughs> I saw a movie where David Tennant, speaking of Doctor Who's with beards, David Tennant had like a beard that went down to his waist because he was like some medieval priest, and that was fun. Yeah. So, uh, Dune 2, obviously, we, we cannot wait for this. Um, is there anything in particular that you are looking forward to seeing on screen? So, I'm pretty excited about just, like, more of the Fremen. Like, Paul being amongst the Fremen. I want to see that. Um, I want to see... I want to see the the Imperium. Like, I want to see the technology of the Imperium. Because, we're obviously, uh, Florence Pugh is playing... Ireland, so they're going to be on the Imperial homeworld. Yeah. Um, I want to see the Padishah Emperor, who's Christopher Walken. Yes. I want to see all... I just want to see all of it. I want yeah. to be in it. I just hook it to my veins. I want extended scenes with the Spacing Guild. Um, yep, yep. I want to see traveling through space. I want to see fish people. I want to see clouds of orange gas. I want all of that. I want to see the different, the different kinds of creature people stage three guild navigators i want to see i, I want to see stage two i want to see stage one show yeah. me all the sta- show me all the stages well, stage one guild navigators were in dune one they were those right. guys with the big round helmets right right were they representatives or were they stage one i, I, I think, think they, they were, were stage one i think they were stage one yeah that the, that costume is one of the coolest costumes like when yes. people had those at dragon con i was freaking out dude yeah i took a lot of pictures of them oh so cool i i just can't wait for this i'm i'm obsessed and and, and this is going to be you know denis villeneuve makes the most exciting slow burn movies ever 
Yeah, he's literally the best sci-fi director. He's he's the best. He's unmatched. Yes. So, very excited. Okay, then we have a trailer for Come Out Fighting. Yeah, the plot of this is set during World War II. In this military adventure thriller, a small and specialized squad of U.S. Army, U.S. soldiers, and African-American soldiers are sent on an unofficial rescue mission behind enemy lines to locate their missing commanding officer. So, this has Dolph Lundgren in it as... uh, some army major and Tyrese Gibson is in it and Michael Jai White. So it was also produced by Red Box. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is some BSC Red Box energy, man. I don't understand. Like when I when I saw um Tyrese Gibson, I was like, oh, they may have dropped a little cash on this. And then like when you start seeing the tanks and jeeps and stuff, they are immaculately clean. Like they are yep. spotless. And I go, wait, yep. that nothing looks lived in. Like nothing looks weathered. It's like you like got a, these, like a seventies sci-fi movie. Yeah, and um, and I thought it was gonna be well when it first started. You know, it's like planes and stuff flying around, and then they get they're flying like P, they're like flying P fifty one Mustangs, like prop planes, right? And then they right. get talk they get they get attacked by the ME-262s, which is like the first jet, the first operational jet in World War II, the Schwalbies. The Schwalbe. Uh, Schwalbe, which is just German for swallow. But th- that that's like a famous jet. That's, that's, that's like the first jet. Like when they introduced that, we couldn't fight against it, right? Like the the Corsair could like hang a little bit, but I mean, it was a big turn. And um, and I was like, oh, this is going to be the story of the, the ME-262s. It's not, I don't think. Nope. I mean, maybe it plays a part in this, but I just can't get over how clean everything is. Like, their their uniforms, like, nothing is weathered in this. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it was not not good. There's too many... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what all the people do about comic book movies, but I'm going to start doing it about World War II movies because there's 80 billion of them. Yeah. They make too many World War II movies. Uh, I got World War II fatigue. Yeah, we don't need any more, I don't think. No. Um, oh, we don't need this. I got fatigue. I got war, war fatigue. Uh, who, who, who keeps asking for this? Who keeps yeah. asking this? Uh, one thing, if you watch this trailer, if you, um, they have explosions. Like, they're shooting, like, bazookas at, like, APCs and stuff. Yeah. And they'll have explosions, but they, they'll angle the camera, like, real low to the ground. And the explosion will it'll literally look like it happens behind the vehicle. And you're supposed to believe that they've blown up the vehicle. <laughs> I was like... You guys did not have a budget. No. Really. It was Redbox. Redbox. So we will miss this. Uh, yeah. But I am not going to miss this next one because it looks amazing. And it is Oppenheimer. Full trailer for Oppenheimer. Yep. The story of J. Robert Oppenheimer, obviously. He uh, was instrumental in the development of the atomic bomb. Surprise, surprise. Another World War II movie. How about yeah. that? Oh, World <laughs> War II fatigue. Uh, this, is this is a Chris Nolan movie. We got uh, Killian Murphy. We got Emily Blunt. We got Robert Downey Jr. We got Matt Damon. We got Florence Pugh. We got Kenneth Branagh. We got Jack Quaid. We got Gary Oldman. We got Josh Hartnett. We got Alden Ehrenreich. We got Gustav Stardsgard. We got Remy Malek. We got Olivia Thirlby. We got David Dasmalchian. We got Benny Safdie. We got Dane DeHaan. We got Tony Goldwyn. We got Casey Affleck. That's the entire IMDb page, and I've heard of every single one of them. Yeah. I thought Casey... Is it Casey Affleck? I thought he was problematic or whatever. He is, but Chris Nolan is uh, apparently unmoved by uh, by that. Yeah. Um, that is a that's a stacked cast there. 
Olivia and... Thoroughby was the rookie in Dread. Oh, really? Yeah, I like Not her. That. Uh, Killian Murphy's finally getting his heyday. I feel like he's always in the kind of the side. Yeah, I mean, what's the first thing I remember him from? Twenty eight days later, twenty eight mm-hmm. months later, he's in one of them. Hmm. Um, I will say this: this is an excellently cut trailer. This is a killer trailer. Yeah, this is a really, really good trailer. Um, famously, I've I, on this podcast, I tend to be not a giant Chris Nolan fan. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's a prestige Michael Bay. Like he's Michael, he's got very Michael Bay esque uh, instincts in his direction. Uh, a lot of real cheesy stuff that people like to ignore in Chris Nolan movies because they like to focus on the prestige part of it. Like the, he always uses that real good cinematographer, but then that cinema cinematographer was a real bad director because he tried to make that movie with Johnny Johnny Depp Transcendence and it was terrible. Oh, I so never it's saw like it. not everybody can do everything, pal. Um. <laughs> But so I really like Dunkirk, which is a similar time period for this movie. Yeah, I sort of wonder if you you like Christopher Nolan only when he does historical pieces. That could be true because I, I really, 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 really hate Interstellar. Like that's one of the only movies I wanted to walk out of. Um, that's that's insane to me because that's probably my favorite movie of oh his. God, it's it's so bad. Oh, um, man, the organ and stuff. Oh, it's so good. No, it's all just ripped <laughs> off of 2001. Inception's okay. It's okay. I don't really think it's good. Uh, I like the Batman movies. Um, I don't like Memento. I, d- I actually don't like Memento. I did like The Prestige because David Bowie was in it, and that's 100% why. Um. What and was Tenet it? Was I never terrible. saw. We Tenet. know that Tenet was terrible. Yeah, I never saw that one. I trusted you on that one. Yeah, don't, don't, just don't. But I did love Dunkirk. I, I was just okay on Dunkirk. Yeah, I want to see this one though, Oppenheimer. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I mean, Inception and uh, and Interstellar are my two favorites, and then actually, Bat- Batman Begins is my favorite Batman movie of his, for, like easily my favorite. And I, I know everybody likes Dark Knight, but you know. I accept your viewpoint because the plot of The Dark Knight is, as I've said many times, really just a a defense of the Patriot Act, which is (laughs) fascist garbage. Yeah, yeah. I can't can't disagree with you there. Yeah. Uh, All right, so Oppenheimer's coming out uh, July, June? No, uh, 7.23. It comes out uh, July 21st, the same day as Barbie. So I will be seeing Barbie in the theater, but I I probably will wait on Oppenheimer. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I'll be I'll be well I'll be using my movie pass that month. Let me tell you that. Yeah. So you you can you can utilize that thing. Yeah. Hey, you you want to know what I'm not going to use my movie pass on? What's that? And that's this next movie, Meg to the Trench. Yeah. Okay. So this is a sequel to the Jason Statham movie, The Meg about the megalodon shark which even in the movie is ridiculously oversized oh it's it's unbelievably massive yeah oversized so in these movies they're acting like the megalodon was the size of a blue whale uh it was not it was not as not as fun as they make it seem in the movie uh even the mosasaurus in jurassic world was about 10 times the size of the largest mosasaurus fossil ever discovered correct Sorry to burst your bubble, but uh, 
I'm extremely interested in paleontology and not interested in <laughs> stupid shark movies. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and and like you you and I watching this being, you know, uh let, 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 let's say paleo enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Okay. At first glance at this chair, we're like, well, oh, that's the wrong size. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like so, the first thing that came to my mind. I'm such I'm such a nerd for like paleontology and just like ancient creatures like this i i always i would always see renderings of the the ancient fish dunkleosteus you know yeah and, oh, yeah and i was like based on the skull of a dunkleosteus it should function more like a coelacanth and i was like it's not as big as they're saying it is because i think yeah. it would have a thick body and a short tail and then very recently scientists changed their vision of what a dunkleosteus looks like to fit the nick version of a dunkleosteus yep so I am pretty much a uh, verified Dunkleosteus expert, uh, <laughs> but I I'm not a megalodon expert. But I do know that they aren't this. Yeah, it's it's they're not this. Um, like one of the first things you notice is the size of the teeth. Like when uh-huh. it bites down on the T Rex's head. Yeah. The, the tooth is literally like I mean six or seven times the size of a normal megalodon. I've held a megalodon tooth. Okay. Yeah. Like I I know how big they are. Okay. I've yeah. held it in my hand, and you're just going like th- th- this is the size of a dinner plate or bigger. You yeah. Know? It would be more like a sperm whale, I think. Yeah. Like it, a, it's in just true size. I mean, I guess if you want to see Jason Statham do a barrel roll uh, in this, do a barrel roll. Uh, then this you, is. This is just like deep blue sea for today's youth, right? It, it is. Uh, and, of course, I'm going to throw a deep blue sea uh, lyric in here. Deepest, bluest, my hat is like a shark's fin. Okay. <laughs> my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest, bluest, my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest, bluest, my hat is like a shark's fin. Of course. Don't, uh, don't forget that. I saw that music video when I was, when I was growing up. So. so tune in to Deep Blue Sea 3, the Meg 2. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to say something. Nobody's going to care about this. Um, LL Cool J was at the Miami Grand Prix, the Formula One Miami Grand Prix. Uh-huh. And somebody told him to say, because I know he's not going to say something like this on his own. He said, he said, this is the greatest spectacle in motorsport. And the reason they told him to say that is because uh, IndyCar has the patent, or not the patent, the trademark on the greatest spectacle in racing. Okay, the Indy 500 is the greatest spectacle in racing. Uh-huh. It's it's like trademarked. Okay, everybody knows when you say the greatest spectacle, and you're talking about racing, you're talking about IndyCar. Yep. And they're just like firing shots across the bow at IndyCar, and I think it's so petty and so stupid, and uh, and so pretentious. Um, it really. I mean, it left a lot. Of, it left a bad taste in a lot of like IndyCar fans' mouth and yeah. like the drivers and stuff. And um, so, like LL Cool J is kind of on my bad list right now because he went along. I mean, maybe he didn't know. You know, the he, ladies he, love Cool James, but Ben does not. No, I don't. I don't know what his name what LL stands for. It stands uh, for Ladies Love Cool James. Is that really what it stands for? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, uh, everything is terrible, Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, I don't think I, I don't. I don't think I wanted to know that. Uh, I'm sorry. So anyway, Meg Two, don't care. Moving on. Um, we have a trailer for First Contact by Uncorked Entertainment. Yeah, two estranged siblings go to their late scientist father's farmhouse to make sense of his incomplete work. Incidentally, that's the same plot as Ghostbusters Afterlife. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) They soon discover an evil entity buried in time and space for millions of years. Also the plot of Ghostbusters Afterlife. 
and has been released and begins to wreak havoc. This is exactly the same plot as Ghostbusters Afterlife on paper. However, in execution, this looks like it was filmed by uh, some college students who just watched Color Out of Space and were like, let's make that, but with kind of like a Ghostbusters Afterlife plot. (laughs) And they said, well, how how are we going to fund this idea that we have? And they said, my... My uncle works for Uncorked Entertainment, which is a subsidiary of Saban. Is it really? I, no, I don't know. I'm just assuming. I'm assuming it has that to it be. Is. <laughs> it's it's the experimental um, film house of Saban. It's uh, Uncorked Entertainment. Oh, this is uh, this is like a bad version of Edgar from uh, Men in Black. Yeah, this is yeah for sure. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's just so bad. It's so it, bad. So when it started off, it actually had a cool vibe. And I was like, you can make a cool kind of like UFO movie for low budget. Yeah. If you if you don't show the monster or if it's like kind of like frequency or something like that, you know? Fire in the sky or something. Fire in the sky, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something cool like that. But then it it was like, oh, this is like, like evil dead alien. Oh, yeah. It's so bad. Honestly, I'd, instead of watching this, which we obviously don't ever do, I'd, I kind of want to watch Fire in the Sky like as a Patreon content. Like, oh, I'll watch that. I just watched that like a couple years ago. Um, is it, it still Amazon so scary? Prime. Yeah, it was. It held up. Uh, that's what I wanted to see because uh, I watched that and I watched the Fourth Kind with Mila Jovovich, and uh, Fourth Kind was good, especially because they were making it seem like it was a reenactment of real footage mm. so that was kind of cool but i th- fire in the sky is such a classic one man that's that's one of the scariest movies i've ever seen dude yeah i like that movie up i going in i going outside in the dark <laughs> you know, especially because you got that alien that that ufo that hangs around but that was your old house i had the ufo yeah it was always like by the window we've like literally got episode t- podcast episodes titled something about ben getting abducted by aliens or something so you don't remember because they re- they removed the memory from your brain when they abducted you. That's actually kind of scary because I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll have to go back in the podcast archives. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Let me know the number. Well, maybe I'll just go look. I'll just go look. It was episode 57, titled There is a UFO Outside My House. The encounter is around the 1 hour 10 minute mark. Uh, okay, so then we have a trailer for Flamin' Hot. Yep. So before we get to the article here, I'm just going to go through it like that doesn't exist. Sure. First. Okay. Yeah. So the All plot right. of this is, this is inspiring true story of Richard Montañez, who as a Frito-Lay janitor disrupted the food industry by channeling his Mexican-American heritage to turn Flamin' Hot Cheetos from a snack into an iconic global pop culture phenomenon uh, from director Eva Longoria <laughs> and... Uh, Stars Tony Shalhoub, Dennis Haysbert, and Matt Walsh, among other people. I ha- I heard about this on a podcast. They interviewed him. Uh-huh. Um, I w- it was I don't know if it was Planet Money or something like that, but it was a podcast. And I and I heard this story. This is yeah. this is you know, like a couple of year, a year or two ago or something like that. Yep. And I was like, oh wow, this this is a story. This this guy should get his you know he should get his comeuppance or you know not his comeuppance. He he should get. Um, compensated for this right you know what a great idea yep um however they have just recently come out and said that this is not true this story's not true it's a fabricated story it's fabricated so 
According to the LA Times, the creation of, I do have a problem with this article is that they keep referring to Fritos or to Cheetos as chips, which is insane to me. It's not a chip. It's not a chip. It's an, and you're insane for calling it one. <laughs> <laughs> but they say the creation of the chip, insane. It turns out it was actually down to a team of dedicated and talented snack makers and was led by a woman named Lynn Greenfeld, who reportedly did the legwork and research to make the end result. So this is some Lynn Greenfeld erasure. <laughs> or or is, is Lee Grinf- Greenfeld actually a secret um, C-suite person and they don't want to pay this guy the money and so they are telling everybody that's not true so they don't have to pay him the money. It could be that. We don't know. We but don't also, know. terms of movies that say they're based on a true story that aren't. Uh, the beginning of Fargo says this is based on a true event. But it isn't. It's completely made up. And the Coen brothers said that, that part that's part of the movie. They said, of course it's made up. It's a movie. That's the part of the movie that is based on a true event. It's not. And <laughs> it's like that makes Fargo so much better. So, like... But that's not... This isn't self-aware like Fargo. No. This is just they already made this movie and then <laughs> then, and then the LA Times figured out it was fake. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of want to like I want that podcast to be like do another like a follow-up episode and be like, "Hey, we got this wrong." And Well, also the, they keep making movies like this recently about things that should be really boring, but then they make really good movies out of it. So like, like Air. Air and Tetris. Yeah, uh, going back to the social network, which I think is probably good because David Fincher made it. But there's no no way that the social network should be good. But there's it's no way riveting. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and it was written because it was written. It was written by um, uh, Aaron uh, Sorkin. Sorkin. Yeah. yeah. There's there's on paper that movie should be the worst idea. Yeah, it's just like when I saw when I saw that they were doing that, I was like. Not only is this the worst idea ever made, but it's already a bad movie. But I was completely wrong because yep. I watched it and I was like, this is incredibly good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, so anyway, I don't know what's going to... I rather... I don't want to see this. I don't want to watch this. I just want to hear a podcast about the story behind how we got duped into yeah. believing this. I want the comeuppance. This is yeah. like the fire Festival of... of uh, Cheeto movies. Yeah, yeah. I wanted. I wanted in depth uh, investigative journalism mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. This is like that uh, documentary about Apocalypse Now. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> Somebody's got to do this. All right. So, last trailer that we have here before we get to patron selects is something called Poor Things. This is a Yorgos Lanthimos movie. The plot is the incredible tale of fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, Emma Stone, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist Dr. Godwin Baxter, Willem Dafoe. So Yorgos Lanthimos is a director who directed The Killing of a Sacred Deer and The Favorite, which I I saw The Favorite. It was real good. It had Emma Stone and Olivia Colman. What else did he direct? Um, The Lobster. He directed The Lobster. I think Colin Farrell was in that, where... Like it's, it was real weird. Like his movies are usually weird. The favorite was just like a historical drama, but uh, like the lobster was like people have to find their soulmate in like a month or like two months or something, or they they get transformed into creatures or something like that. Uh, it was Colin Farrell. I, I saw that. I was that was a long time ago though. It was like 2015. But uh, 
yeah so he's like real famous director ever like who people want to work with he's kind of like one of them kind of guys you know but not a lot of info in this trailer it's just it looks like a frankenstein kind of story and real weird imagery real weird imagery and if you look at the rating at the end of it it's like a lot of sexual content and nudity which like i was like in this yeah uh it's, I, I all we got was kind of a of a vibe kind of a tone and some imagery in this there, there's really not much else here other yeah. than that so it's very teasery in that way yep so i don't know what to think um very strange yeah well lobster was good and uh the favorite was good i have not seen killing of sacred deer will he continue to make good stuff we Beats shall me. see uh all right so that brings us to the patron selects the patron selects yep so if you are a patron at one of the tiers or higher it's either five or seven i think seven up is where you get to choose uh stuff for us to do yeah if you're a patron at the $7 level or higher, you get to select trailers for us to watch and basically tell us to do stuff and we'll do it because you're paying for the podcast and nobody else is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our first one is uh, a John Wick parody made by Corridor Digital, which is one of my favorite YouTube channels. And it's called John Thick. And Kevin chose this. And they took like John Wick, footage and they spliced steven seagal into it almost perfectly i i I, it was so perfect nick this whole thing was perfect first of all it was so perfectly done that i thought that they had hired a look-alike actor and filmed him and put him into the into john wick that's how good it was well uh, if you are interested they did do a video about how they made it as well so it's on the Corridor Digital channel. I'm going to watch that because yeah. this is so well done. It's literally like it looks like he's in there. But then instead of the dog, it's like they wrecked his chair because he's like sitting down the whole movie. <laughs> it's just really funny. Uh, it's just like because Steven Seagal is maybe the biggest dork in the world. Yeah. It, I think I he might be. He he might be. Look, obviously, we we never want to make fun of somebody at their expense. But like. He kind of deserves it, so I don't. He I don't have. It. I don't have a problem with him getting taken down several notches because he's got this like hubris and and pride that, yep. he, he, which is unbelievable to me. Um, somebody needs to take him down some notches. I will punch up all day long. I will okay, punch up I, I, all I day think long. that's fair. I don't yeah. punch down. No, I will punch up. And Steven Seagal has more money than me, so he's fair game. Yeah, we're we're punching. That's two two fists. This is a uh, we're, we're kamehameha. Yeah. Uh, Plus, he's a Putin apologist. Yeah, I think we should just go ahead and uh, do more of this kind of stuff. And I hope he sees. I hope he sees this and sees how <laughs> ridiculous he is. Yeah, he is ridiculous. Putin so apologist. You should watch this. Uh, it's really, really funny. Very good. Very well done. Thank you yep. for that submission, Kevin. I'll post it on the on the uh, Patreon page too. Oh, perfect. So Squid wanted us to watch the Dune, 1984 Dune yeah. uh, trailer, which is uh, an excellent choice, Squid. Yeah, especially with this week with the Dune 2 trailer. Exactly. Yeah, perfect timing. Um, this should never have been made. So this is not David Lynch's strength. I love. I, for, I have to start off by saying I love David Lynch. Like, I love uh, okay. Twin Peaks. It's one of my favorite things. I even went to Washington and went to a bunch of the locations from Twin Peaks with Steph. Uh, I love... 
Blue Velvet. I love uh, Mulholland Drive. I love, I love all of David Lynch's various things. But David Lynch should not have made this. David Lynch is not a big uh, sci-fi blockbuster epic director. He's a really weird, small, character-driven, mystical, nonsense director. Uh, this should have been directed by Ridley Scott in 1984. Oh, yes. Yeah, dude, that makes total... Yeah, this is kind of the equivalent of, like, who's the lady that directed Celestials? The I'm sorry, Eternals, I'm sorry. Chloe Zhao. Yeah, Chloe Zhao. Like, she probably should have never made that movie. She is an indie movie director who directed Nomadland. Yeah, it's just... Let her do that kind of stuff. It, she shouldn't have made Eternals. I mean, Eternals probably shouldn't have been made anyway, but... Um, I think this is kind of the same situation. Yeah, like obviously David Lynch has made great stuff. He can make great stuff. But this just just wasn't great. He just shouldn't he didn't want to. Like he didn't like it. He didn't have a good time making it. Really? I love Kyle McLaughlin too, and Kyle McLaughlin is Paul in this. But mm-hmm. you know, it's not good. <laughs> it's just not good. Sting is is uh Fade Routha. It's just weird. It's weird. Yeah the uh, the only the only like imagery I kind of liked in this was the um, the tank that the um, spacers in the uh, the guild navigators in Mm -hmm. how how it kind of like kind of comes through the mist and into the window like I kind of dug that but there's some cool visual like so David Lynch is a good choice for what to make a guild navigator look like you know because like he's good at stuff like that. But just the whole, the whole vibe was off for him. Yeah, and especially when you've seen something so so perfect as Denis Villeneuve's vision for it, it's like right. It just makes it look like a, a waste of time. Yeah. You know? So, I, and I, but I, I, listen, I know there's some people that really like 1984 Dune. Yeah, there is. I don't. I, mean, I don't want to. John Hodgman likes it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to yuck their yum. I mean, it, but it exists, and you can go watch it. You know. Yeah. So I suspect if you were born in the 70s. Uh, the 1984 Dune would be that sort of perfect place where it's like, because I, I love the 1998 Lost in Space movie, and that's by all uh, metrics is a stupid movie, <laughs> but I love it anyway. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. You have it'd those be movies like that. Yeah. in your in your heart. Uh, Josh uh, sent in two, uh, which both of them were pretty cool. Uh, the first one is called The Legend of Hay. And it is uh, kind of like a Chinese anime. Uh, when the, when the I don't know because anime means does it stand is it like a portmanteau for Japanese animation? I I don't know if anime is, is animation. I think it's only anime if it's if it's animated in the anime region of Japan. Oh, okay, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's like champagne. Yeah, that's a champagne I joke. I understood the joke. It was okay. It was very good, but. <laughs> but uh, we still it still, still doesn't answer no, the question. It doesn't answer the question. Yeah, <laughs> the joke the joke was good, but it served no functional. <laughs> it served no function. Though, in which Ben doesn't answer the question. Uh, I don't know this. I mean, it's anime esque, but it's chi- obviously it's Chinese. So, I, can the Chinese make good animation like the Japanese can? Well, That's the plot the, the plot is when his forest is destroyed, the wood sprite Zhao He takes the form of a cat. And goes to live in the city where the hybrid Fang Shi uh, befriends him. However, there are enemies on their trail. So the animation is gorgeous. So they've they've got that going for them. It, it's really pretty. Um, 
I like, you know, there's like an urban fantasy vibe to it. Oh, uh, yeah. Like. Yeah. Because it's, it seems like the cities are kind of futuristic and then you have these kind of fantastical creatures and elves and stuff like that. So I really like the look of it. I don't know when this comes out. I always wonder when I see something like this, is is there some is there some cultural context or historical context from that country that I need to know to be able to sort of like make a little bit more sense of this? Because like a lot of that, a lot of the uh, Studio Ghibli stuff, you kind of have to have a little bit of base knowledge of Japanese folklore. Yeah, to, I'm thinking to, I'm thinking that the, that might be the case here. Uh, <laughs> one of the one of the reviews of this. The user reviews on IMDb says, "If only China's rulers would follow the morality of honor shown in its animation films." <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Good grief! Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, like, how do you even watch this? I'm not sure, uh, Josh. If you come across this uh, in a watchable format, let, let me know because I'm int- I'm intrigued by it. It was very pretty looking. Yeah. This reminds me, I need to watch uh, Star Wars Visions Volume yeah, 2. I haven't we started. need to watch that, too. Yeah, i got to watch that. Okay, this next thing that Josh sent in is... is I'm going to say something with some weight. Yes. This is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah. So, uh, Josh was like, can I send two? He's like, this one's a Kickstarter trailer, and it's a little long. And then I, I watched a little bit of it, and I was like, yes, you can send two. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the coolest. It definitely is. So, it's... It's stop motion. Yep. Not claymation because I would be scared if it was claymation. It's like right. stop motion, kind of like Kubo, but it's wooden, uh, like wooden. What do you call it? Like not puppets or like maquettes. Maquettes, yeah. So they're like it's stop motion, but with wooden figures. And this old man comes, and there's like a guy on a big chair with a bunch of fox masked ninja guys, and then the guy w- comes with this chest and he's like an old man with a chest and then the guy in the chair yeah and the cat is on top of the chest sleeping and so the guy in the chair is like kill this guy and then he opens up the chest and it's like a bunch of weapons and it goes through the most insane stop motion battle i've ever seen ever with the most like creative camera work you know, it's so stylized. It's, it's it's dripping with style. Yeah, and like you can tell that for for the effects of like the f- swinging weapons, they're using like plastic effect pieces to make it look like the weapons are swooshing, and it's, it's so cool. And and the like, weapons are like against wood, so it's like he starts off with a saw. Yep. And then he and then he eventually gets a chainsaw. A chainsaw, and then instead of like blood and arterial spray, it's wood chips. Yeah, and like sawdust. Yeah, and sawdust. It's, it's so done good. so good. It's so stylistic. I mean, it, if take the time to watch this. If you watch yeah. anything, take the time to watch this because this is incredible. Yeah, it's it's like four and a half minutes of action in this trailer. It's worth stopping, uh, taking out your phone, going into the show notes, click the link. It's right there for you. You watch it on YouTube. It's really, really cool. Hadari Kickstarter. Yeah, Josh. If you're also if you're following this, let us know when this comes out to watch the whole thing. I may back this on Kickstarter. Yeah, that's actually probably worth it. Yeah, and really then cool. they'll and then they'll let you know. They'll send you an email. So thank thanks for making us aware of that. 
Absolutely. And thanks for everybody who, who sent us a patron select this week yep. so we could have an Adele Dezine uh, amount of trailers. And uh, we also got a bunch of uh, mail, which brings us to the trailer mailers. You've got mail. So as you recall, last time I held you hostage to answer the questions times uh, because I wanted more answers for the biopic of your life. Uh, what's it called? Who plays you? What's your theme song? So my friend Scott uh, at work said his show would be called Insecurity Guard. Uh, he would be played by Luke Wilson, which I can see. And then his theme song is Till My Head Falls Off by They Might Be, they Might be Giants, which is a band that I also enjoy. So I like them. Very good yeah. show. Uh, Jen said the title is How Can I Help You? And uh, it's played by Mick, uh, played by Quick Mickey. Yeah, uh, she just was like, I don't know who can play me. Quick Mickey. Quick First Mickey she said Anna Diarmas, and then she switched to Quick Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never played a lady fella, but I'll be allowed to do it now if I put my mind to it. Any pizza can be a personal pan pizza if you believe in yourself. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, she said the theme song would would either be some gangster rap because I'm super white or simple plan because they did a Scooby Doo theme song. <laughs> Jen knows what she wants from life. She does. Uh, ben Mayo said his show would be called Legolas, the untold story of a guy who never was Legolas, and uh, he said the theme song would be the Fields of the Pelennor. At the crescendo, about one thirty in, is when the show's dramatic title appears, zooming out to epic scale. Orlando Bloom would play me, someone who some say looks a little like Legolas. <laughs> so I guess Ben Mayo looks a little like Legolas and has heard this. So his is a, the story of a man who is not Legolas, but is vaguely reminiscent of Legolas and the adventures that will ensue from that. He's he's like the uh, he's like the Lacroix Legolas. Yeah, <laughs> static water. <laughs> Uh, Bridget said, I couldn't think of anything, but give me two years when I graduate from school and become a therapist. I'll come back and answer then. So, yeah, she's going to be on Shrinking, the Jason Siegel show. But yeah. that's a noble profession. So, it good, is. good and, for you. But I can imagine that, you know, all that studying takes up all the room in the mind palace. So yeah, that's why totally she couldn't that. think of it. Yeah. Or you could make a show about being in school to become a therapist. Could do that. Um, Missy, a uh, friend of the show and frequent guest on the, uh, sp- actually she's in every single episode so far of the spoiler blazers on the Patreon. So if you like the Missy Christmas episodes, subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, Missy said, I can't think of a title, so maybe it's just my full name. Weird Fishes by Arpeggi, uh, Radiohead, or Weird Fishes Arpeggi by Radiohead. And then she she said she would be played by literally any one of those blonde Australians. <laughs> Fantastic. I don't know, Missy. I think I would pick Evan Rachel Wood to play you. Oh, yeah. That's a perfect choice. Yeah. That's a perfect choice. She ain't Australian. Choice. The one no. blonde who isn't Australian. No, she's red-blooded American. But well, also, she, might, she, she might be Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Taylor from Jessica Jones, the blonde Australian, would also be a good Missy. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should be casting directors, dude. Yeah, oh, for sure. I I correctly cast Ant-Man as Paul Rudd in 2008. What you know about that? Yeah. Uh, all right, well, that does it for all the Trelure Malures. Uh, Nick, how can, if they wanted to answer this week's question times about uh, remaking a movie with the Muppets, um, how would they get in touch? 
Well, that's simple, Ben. They can follow us on Instagram at Trailer Blazers Podcast, which is where they can interact with us, and they can email us at trailerblazerspod at gmail.com. Of course, they can follow us on Twitter at trailer underscore blazers if they want to know when a new episode drops, but don't try and contact us there because we don't check the notifications. Uh, if you really, really want to help make this show, you can support us on Patreon at, at www.patreon.com slash trailerblazers. Said www. like some kind of boomer, even though you don't need to say that no more because everybody knows. If you want to help, you can rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, just a five-star rating. Otherwise, it doesn't count. And if you do that, Quick Mickey's going to let you know what happens. Yeah, you're talking about traction. You have to so get traction. I said, that's like a pun because it's the trailer, trailer blazers. And, like, if you have a trailer, you want to have good traction, baby. Because if you're pulling that trailer and you ain't got good traction, it's going to be sliding all over the road. But maybe it's not that kind of trailer. And that is meta. So, anyway, what we're going to do is, uh, if you do live in a five-star rating, that means Quick Mickey gets a bag of Flaming Hot Cheetos, baby. Yeah, I like me a good bag of that, those uh, Flaming Hot Cheeto chips. And I'm trying to get a Nick skin, but he ain't making no facial expressions, so he he don't want to give me the he don't want to give me the pleasure of knowing that I'm getting under his skin. <laughs> like anyway, I do want a bag of flaming Nazi loads, and I'd like to eat that with a nice banh mi. And if you have a good Vietnamese restaurant near you, folks, give it a try. That is a tip. Thank you, Quick Mickey. Effervescent, reticulated, resplendent, as always. For the Trailer Blazers, my name is Nick Kelly, and if you think a Cheeto is a chip, seek psychiatric help from Bridget. Happy Trailsers. And I've been Moon and Acre, what on earth was the app? <laughs> was that an uncorked <laughs> media? <laughs> uncorked entertainment movie? Acre? Welcome back, folks, to the video game. One quarter portion of the show. Nick, you, you've played... So I haven't played anything but Marvel Snap. I've just been playing Spider-Man. Spooderman. I, have not, I, I really need to get back on that uh, Final Fantasy. So I hadn't been playing nothing. Uh, and we really don't have any new news other than I think there are... Uh, they're bringing back... What's the game that Peter Molyneux made? Uh, Fable. Fable. They're making a new Fable game, I think. I liked Fable one and two. Yeah, I liked them. I think they're they're pretty decent. So uh, I don't know when that's coming. I think it's I don't know if it's a rumor. They'll probably this just is... make it online only or something stupid. Yes, it sounds like maybe how things go these days. Yeah. Uh, we do have, however, three new trailers to talk about. Yep. Uh, this first one, did I put this on here? No, I did. Jay okay. sent it in. This is maybe one of the most insane graphics of any game I've ever seen. Yeah, so this is a game called Unrecorded. Uh, it is photo real. It's a first-person shooter. It's photo real. It, it's real. It looks yeah. so real. Like, it literally looks like a, like a GoPro footage. It's exactly what it looks like. I thought it was the actual video at first. And I was like, this looks like Hardcore Henry. Like, is yeah. this going to be, is this a cinematic trailer where they actually did the filming? I was like, and then they'll get to the gameplay in a minute. But no, it's the gameplay. Yeah. It so looks it's, real. It's a single player first person shooter that tells the story of a tactical police officer from the perspective of his body camera. 
Uh, it's coming to PC, and uh, like the it literally, I don't. The main point of this is is a graphics demo. Basically. It's a showcase, yeah. It's a graphics showcase, but this is so far this is the best graphics ever that I've seen. I, I think I can safely say it's the greatest. The best graphics I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, these graphics are state of the art. <laughs> wow. Wow, man. So I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm like you know, like, I, I, I don't really want to play it. Uh, right. I think I may just want watch some footage from it. Um, but I'm trying to think like if you had graphics like this and could, obviously, I mean, we have graphics like, like this. What do we want? Um. I think I want a scuba diving game with this. That would terrify me, I think. Mm. But I don't know. I It just gives me, like... It makes me wonder about the future. Like, what kind of games they'll make. Like, could you make a sci-fi game that's this real? Yeah, that'd be cool. Does it have to be realistic things to look this real? I want AI to just take this technology and remake Endless Ocean from the Wii. Yeah. And and have it be this graphics, and then I can just relax after work. I don't find that relaxing. That's that game's scary. <laughs> it's all scary. <laughs> the ocean's a scary place. You're my, I think you're the only human I've ever heard that said uh, that endless ocean is scary. It's all scary. I don't like it. And it uh, yeah, that's right. You don't get. You don't go in the ocean. You don't go no, in the not, water. You can't see the bottom of. No, I don't go in there. Yeah stuff in there there's literal monsters in there ben oh that's right you're a cryptid guy yeah so unrecorded uh i want to see more i'm intrigued yeah it's a it's a good indicator of where graphics are going yeah for sure so then we have a trailer for pragmata you and i had the same exact thought of this so they're like this is a, a an attempt at copying a kojima vibe yeah, this is Death Stranding a crowd bait. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like a guy in a spacesuit that is like a hatchet. It's like a hatchet shaped helmet, uh, and he's got like this thing where it shows you where people used to be, which is like in every sci-fi thing. And then there's like a little girl, and then everything starts like coming apart and floating around, and it's like very Kojima esque. And then they bust out, and they're like in some kind of dome. Because I mean, it looks yeah. like a normal city. It looks like New York City. And they bust out of the, this dome when they're floating through the air. And it like I think yep. they're on the moon, maybe? Yeah. Oh, speaking of Kojima and news, uh, they are. I think they're remaking Metal Gear Solid 3, which is Kevin's favorite game. And he sent me a thing about that. And it's going to be a PS5 exclusive or something. Oh, I, I love He always wants 3. me to play that one, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was my first cosplay. You know, the pain was from that. Yeah. So that's it's yeah. kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, yep, so remaking that. So a little bit of news there. Very cool. So Pragmata is just weird. I mean, the, it, you're literally just appealing to that crowd that loves Death Stranding or likes Kojima or whatever. Yep. And then yep. we have a, a patron select video game trailer from Derek. So Derek sent in. It's the trailer for Bolt Gun, which is the uh, Warhammer 40K. Uh, as they, in their own words boomer shooter so it looks like doom <laughs> it's giving doom yeah where rahul Kohli uh, is the voice actor for the main character which is the reason that i know this exists because i follow him on instagram oh uh if you don't know who he is he was uh on i zombie he was ravi and then he's in like the mike flanagan shows like midnight mass and 
uh, the Bly Manor show. Okay. But his office looks – so I saw a picture of his office on Instagram, and it looks exactly like mine. He's got the same Drive Mondo poster and the same Blade Runner 2049 Mondo poster that I have. And also he's got, uh, like, glass detail display cases full of uh, Star Wars Hot Toys figures. It's like his office looks exactly like mine. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I want to meet him at a convention and show him a picture of my office and be like, this is, like, I didn't know about you until after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me preface this. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think we would be friends if you weren't famous. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, that's that's pretty, very similar. That's cool. Yep. So, this is definitely giving Doom. It looks just like Doom. For sure. Um, yep. Pixelated and everything. Um, yep. And I know that uh, Derek was wanting us to give feedback on the phrase boomer shooter, but I, I really want to give feedback on the phrase purge the taint of chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's on purpose, especially with Rahu Kohli as the voice actor of the main character. <laughs> purge the taint of chaos. Uh, I don't associate those games with boomers. I associate them with Gen X. Uh, Gen X, yeah, for sure. But Gen X shooter is not very, uh, it doesn't roll off the tongue. No. No. Do you like those like Wolfenstein and stuff? Do you like those kind of games? I liked them back shooters? in the day. I don't I don't have any desire to go back to them. I don't have the I obviously don't have the nostalgia for it. Uh and I don't play Warhammer. My cousins all play Warhammer. And uh it looks cool. I love the aesthetics of it and I love especially the forty K aesthetics. Uh I really like when people make really cool costumes at DragonCon for yeah. Warhammer. Yeah. I, I want to I want to consume my Warhammer by watching it. That's the yeah, only way I, I want to I consume want a it. series of it. Yeah. yeah. I love these like YouTube wants to feed me these computer animated movies basically. They're like short little movies of Warhammer and I I'll like yeah, I'll click on this. I'll watch this. That's great. Yeah, it's cool. I like the idea of Warhammer, but I I'm not a game like I'm not a tabletop game guy. Yeah, I don't have the time. I mean, if I played yeah. a tabletop game it'd be BattleTech, but I, I don't have the time. Right. So, and I already got too many hobbies as it is. I don't need more hobbies. Yeah, you got enough. Yeah. There's a, we're going to have to put a moratorium on you picking up any more hobbies. <laughs> Aaron already has. She says you can't yeah. do anymore. Yeah. That's fair enough. All right, folks. Well, that does it for the show. It's kind of a long one. Um, anything else? Nope. That's it. That's all I got. Fine. Well, I'm Ben Moon, and I'm here to purge the taint. Of chaos, happy trailsers. Uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to uh, say. You can say it too. We could, hey, no, it's so good we can both no. say it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Nick Kelly, and I'm here to purge the chaos of the taint. Happy trailsers. <laughs> And I know that uh, Derek was wanting us to give feedback on the phrase Armageddon. But I, I really want to give feedback on the phrase Armageddon. Taint 